Hey guys, welcome to Go From Here. This is Belle behind the scenes. I completely forgot to introduce Bianca on the episode. She came back for part two. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'll keep this nice and short. I love you guys. about like um kind of get, doing an audit of your social media i felt that so much because similarly uh so i have my own personal account obviously which is i feel like right now i'm in this like weird state because i'm i know i'm on this journey towards exploring more spirituality personal growth and more of that realm of things um but a lot of my personal account is like a lot of dj industry kind of stuff and it's it's weird to kind of um i guess also i have like a lot of my industry connections there a lot of my friends and you know like how, how you said that when your your content is or what's on comes up on your newsfeed is like who you follow and honestly like i don't really love i don't care to see people's updates of their fucking dog or whatever yeah. or like their <laughs> yeah. baby and shit so like it it's been interesting because then when i started sunday soul service and i was very careful with who i followed on that account and i was only following you know kind of um ones that were aligned with the brand which is a lot more about filling your cup first about like healing and and more of those themes and it was mm -hmm. just funny because every time i would log into the sunday soul service account and look through the news feed or the the feed it was just so uplifting and i'm like, healing or relationships and that kind of stuff that i'm actually interested in and that actually uh provide value to me yeah. and and then but then it's like how do you do that and then how do you tell people that Oh, hey, like, I don't know. I just feel like social media is such a big part of people's life. And it's like, people are genuinely offended when yeah. you unfollow them. Yeah. Like, I, don't know how you've, I don't know how you've been doing it, but I, I feel like people are so attached to, um, to social media in, in a weird way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange. I, I love that you use the word attached because I've found that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be understanding of what that attachment might be for some people, but for me to delete a lot of people off of my personal account and not feel bad about it ha has been a journey. Um, I found that a lot of my friends that I speak to often enough, I have through other means anyways. Right. Um, but even then they they were like oh like i noticed that you don't follow me and i'm like how you wow. have 400 plus people right and it's and it's interesting because i would genuinely just say well i was cleaning up my instagram account and you know i just noticed you haven't been posting or yeah. Yeah. i just i genuinely just scroll through so many people and for me to feel like i'm paying attention to your life i am not and I would rather, you know, I would rather call you or text you or even, you know, FaceTime and say, hey, let's catch up and actually give you my undivided attention when on social media, I don't do that. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I, I and, it, and it's funny because a lot of people get mad when when, you know, why do you comment on this picture or why didn't you say congratulations on my COVID pet? I had no idea. <laughs> COVID pet. You know, like you, you were one of a hundred people on my personal account and I had, you were probably posting at 3 p.m. in the afternoon and I had 50 other people doing the same thing. Oh my God. It is so true. And it's such like a, it's a momentary thing too, right? Because like, it's so easy to just miss something. I know like the algorithm kind of will, uh, force certain accounts if you do engage with them often but it's so easy to miss big moments in people's life and I think what you said about you'd rather engage with them in other ways it's like okay I would hope that if one of my close friends say you know launched a new business or got mm -hmm. engaged or something that they would call me or yeah. message me personally and say hey this is what just happened in my life versus like sharing it on social media and expecting me to 
to kind of be updated that way. I think it's, it's, it's a fine line. It's, a, it's hard because then it look, you look at like which friendships are actually ones that you kind of have that deeper connection with that you don't have to rely on social media for updates for. And then do you even want to be associated with people like to, to, to get updates on social media? Like I don't, I know for me during this pandemic, I have like drastically reduced the amount of consuming of other people's lives because yeah. it has just been not good for my mental health. It has just been like uh, the cycle of like, I, I'll say it like comparing. It's like, oh, this person's doing all this and like I'm doing not as much or like I'm not getting as far in this area of my life. And it's, it's so toxic at times. So for me, and I know some people are probably thinking like, oh, she didn't comment on this or she didn't congratulate me on this milestone, but it's like, I don't fucking care. Like yeah. you, we have to put ourselves first. And if, I, if I'm depleted, I can't be there for you. Like if yeah. I, I need to be, in abundance, I need to be filled. And so that overflow can also be given to the people I care about. But if I'm at this place where I'm depleted, then yeah. you, you best believe I'm not going to be checking your fucking Instagram story. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm almost tearing up with just how you phrase that so perfectly for me that you won't do anything for anybody else when you feel depleted. And the fact that you phrased it where you know, you need to overflow so you can give that overflow to the people that you love and care about in your life. And it's not taking from your cup. It's just, you've, you have so much more to give. Um, and I'm, I, I genuinely, I don't want to cry or anything, but just hearing you say that, I wish more people understood that concept. And, um, I just, I almost, it, it, sometimes I feel like I should just delete my personal account because I, I don't give people the attention that I feel like they should deserve when I'm on social media. And, and, you know, when I care enough about the people that I love, I will reach out to you. It, it's the, it's the whole idea of time and effort goes both ways. Yes. And I feel like when people, like you said, when people, get engaged or have a new business pop up and they just expect you to be updated through social media. I don't really think that's effort that goes both ways. That's you posting it so you can get a lot of likes or attention. And then when I miss it by accident or by chance, it's not because I don't care about you. It's because you have thousands of other people looking at that post at any given time. Totally. Totally. And it's, I think the other part of it, like going back to people kind of like asking you, why did you unfollow me? Or like even questioning that. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll admit it too. Like there have been times where I've noticed someone has unfollowed me and just by fluke, I don't even have these crazy apps that like basically tell you who unfollows you, which there are in fact these things out there. But mm -hmm. like um, when, when I've come across like someone unfollowing me or um something like that like i i i have felt i've felt like oh why did this happen like and and but now looking back on it i know it's all ego it's all it's all ego i think people feel that they that it, it it's 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 ego i think that's the reaction with with people when when they feel like oh did this person like reject me or did they yeah. Like it's, 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 I think it's, it's all ego, which has its own kind of like, which I think a lot of people are working through in itself, but it's just, it's so complex. Like it's, it's really complex. Um, and it doesn't need to be, I think, but because it's such a big part of our lives now that it's almost like weaved into the fabric of like our, like every day and like our interactions and everything. So it's so, it's so like ingrained. It's, it's weird. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, I mean, do you think that if you weren't, you were not to follow everybody, like not just the chosen few, but everybody on your social media, at one point, do you feel like you're now missing out on their lives? Like, I, I feel like, at least for me, my perspective is that I'm wondering if, if I were to close my personal account, that I start feeling like I am missing out on someone's life mm -hmm. and wondering if they were important enough to me to at least have on my personal account. Well, the thing is, is I, 
I feel like I know where you're saying, like, would you be missing out? But then are those the relationships that you want in your life? Like, do you want to have relationships? And this is a good question for me too. It's like, do you want relationships where you're only updated via social media? Oh, interesting. And like, is that kind of how you want that relationship to continue? And if the answer is yes, then yeah, keep them so that you can get those updates. But I know for me, I've like genuinely thought if I just delete every or remove all my followers, uh, Mm -hmm. excuse me, my, the people I'm following and then, um, you know, start from scratch, only follow the accounts that I want. And then like, I was like, why don't I just follow the people that I actually like, like associate with outside of social media, because those are the people I actually care about and everyone else, they can go fuck off. Like, I don't like, like, I just, I don't, I think like, I, I read something recently where it was, it was, it, it kind of like, um, encouraged people to look at how you want your relationship with social media to be. And I think it's such an important thing for like everyone to do because we are so involved in it. And I, that it is something that I have on my list of to do's is like to really think about how do I want to use social media? Like just to be a bit more intentional about, um, like how I'm consuming information, what I'm consuming. And, you know, and I think what you said earlier, it struck me was that, um, I think you said like when you're bored or something, you'll go on social media. Yeah. And for me, it's like my pacifier because it's like when I'm stressed out or like I need a distraction, I'll just go on social media and yeah. I hate that. I'm like, yeah. cause I feel worse after I feel yeah. so much worse. I'm like, did I really need to see all these like random people's stories? Did I really need to get into this black hole of this person who has like you know, like all this, like that, you know, like they have all this like money or like fame and all this crap. And it just sent me into a downward spiral. Like I just, I want to replace that with healthier distractions, like say picking up a book or writing or reading or something. So I wonder if like, if almost we were to treat that as an experiment and like, you know, delete all the people we follow and instead just follow like mindful accounts or accounts that fill our cup. Right maybe we would be less um, tempted to go on there as like a distraction. I don't know. That, that would actually, it, it's funny that you uh, pointed that out in, in that way, because um, I have two questions. I, I'm wondering if, because you had mentioned random people um, when you were talking about the people that you follow, do you ever feel like because your network is so big, um, to, to delete someone that you're not necessarily very close to or the idea behind you had just mentioned, um, you, you really want a relationship with someone who's solely on social media. But do you ever feel like if you were to delete that quote unquote random person, what if one day you were thinking about them and the only you know, way that you knew them was on social media? Do you think you would re- like, do you think it's harder mm-hmm. for people to delete people because of that reason i absolutely think it, it is like it's a thing like i think people have um i know i for instance like have uh say clients or um the contacts that i have for certain companies and stuff on there and i follow them just because it's my contact and i almost like it's so silly but i feel almost like obliged in a way to follow them because right because say, for instance, they, they hired me in the past for a, for a gig, like a big gig or something. And even though like there's someone who doesn't post on their social media often, I just, I just feel like I'm almost again, obliged um, to follow them. So, right. but I think, I think, I feel, I still feel that it would be, it would make more sense to just not make more sense. What am I trying to say? Sorry, I got distracted because there was someone like throwing out so much fucking garbage outside. <laughs> so loud right now. Um, so uh, what was I trying to say? I lost my train of thought. So basically, yeah, your, your question was, do you think you'd be missing out or regret if you delete someone that you were connected to? I think like it, it comes down to honesty. So say if, if, for instance, you cleaned up your social media and then one day for some reason you need to reach out to this person who you only can connect to via social media. Right. First of all, you're assuming that they're going to even notice that you unfollowed them. Second of all, um, 
if they were, if they brought up the fact, they're like, oh, I noticed that you unfollowed me. Like, why? I think it comes down to like honesty. I think, I think, and I think we're so afraid of being honest with people and I am too for sure. And the more I think about it and the more I say it out loud, it's like, why are we so afraid? So say if someone like the worst case scenario, this person that you're trying to reach out to that you're connect, you, you unfollowed, but you can only reach out to on social media. You reach out to them and then they're like, hey, I noticed you unfollowed me. So worst case scenario, and they're asking for an explanation. And the worst case scenario, you're like honest with them and you say, hey, well, I just, I, I, I felt like I needed to clean up my entire social media because it was impacting my mental health and I needed to do that for me to feel good. Right. What is that person going to say to you? Are they going to be like, oh, you're disgusting. Like you do not deserve to feel good. Right. If that's the case, yeah. that person could go fuck off. Like they can literally go like, that's, that's not a person for you to even be interacting with is that is a reaction. And I think that's almost a test of how people respond to you is like, if, if you were doing this for yourself, for your own good, your own mental health, and it's not an ego thing, it's literally because you need to feel good. Mm-hmm. And if people respond in a way that's like, cause they're butthurt, that's on them. That's their problem. That's yeah. a trigger for them. They need to go fix that themselves. And that's not about you. Deep breath, deep breath. <laughs> but, but the bell, like I literally have, I, like I'm going to re-listen to this or something because I need to tell that to myself because yeah. I'm at the same point where I'm just, I, I can't anymore. Like I don't, I don't want, I don't care to be associated with people just for the point of being associated with them. Like it's just, it's, there's no point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really, really interesting because um, I have a feeling you're talking about a lot about Instagram and oh, yeah. LinkedIn is the, I guess, social media site for networking. And I barely touch that. Mm-hmm. And to think that a lot of, you know, like for, for the pods Instagram account, I do the same thing. I follow my guests. Um, I try solely to keep it as, um, like the the self-care wellness motivational life coaching speakers and i barely go on the podcast instagram unless i find i need to post something or i'm on it um and it's it's such a strange feeling because you're right i it, i'm terrified of being honest about why i don't want to follow you anymore or why I shouldn't follow certain people anymore because I I can't, I can't mentally take it. So instead I created a podcast Instagram to get myself away from that. Mm-hmm. And on LinkedIn, it's the same thing. It's, I use it as a networking site, which is the entire concept of me following certain people um, that like you said, feel, I feel obligated to, but I don't use LinkedIn. I go on Instagram. Right. But, but see, it's like, I think it's about intention. So I think it depends on what people are using more. So say for instance, with, with Instagram, I, Instagram is my main social media platform when it comes to consuming, I would say, well, Facebook now has actually become one that I've, I've recently become a little bit like in love with because there are so many groups and communities on there, like interest groups that have really helped me connect to things I love. So so, so it's the intention. So Facebook, I, I barely um, browse except for like, I have, I have two bunnies um, and I've joined like these rabbit, <laughs> these rabbit lover groups. Right. <laughs> and like, literally I love it. And like, even I'm big into um, uh, like metaphysical tools. Like I, I really love understanding crystals. Cool. And so I have joined like some, um, groups on there anyway. So, so stuff that I like, and so that fills me. So I love that. So I've, I've, I've figured out my Facebook LinkedIn to me is total networking and I don't give a crap. Like who, at, like, unless if, if someone adds me and I don't know if you ever get this where someone adds you and they like send you a message that's trying to sell you on something. Yeah. Like a random person. I'm like, yeah. get out of here. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not adding you, but if it's like, I don't care about LinkedIn. Like I've used LinkedIn for, for posting like updates about my professional um, life. But in terms of, I don't consume as much. So, so, so for me, like, I know 
Instagram is where I consume a lot of media and therefore this, and, and I'm, I'm so scared to like delve into it because I know if I delve into it, I have to remove a lot of individuals who I feel like there can be friction and there, there can be uncomfortable conversations, but we need that to grow. Like we need that for us to evolve. Like we, we can't just be comfortable and say, oh yeah, it's okay that I have this person that I don't, I don't even converse with. And, you know, they post like once a year about their cat. Like I, it's like, it's like, it's not, it just, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it's not aligned. Like if, if, if your point, if your point is to really use Instagram as a tool to help fill you up and that, and speaking for myself, like, I would love to only follow accounts that are like just solely that, that are value driven, inspire me. And then maybe like, maybe my closest, like five to 10, like friends essentially, or family, right. family, cause family, like they don't even really post, but, but like friends, I guess. Right. Like my is top five or my favorite five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's weird. It's a weird time. I'm noticing that you and I have a similarity in terms of we tend to not use the ones, the social media uh, platforms that we find that does fill our cups up. Like you just said, you you are recently finding Facebook a little bit more interesting because you have groups and communities that you are enjoying speaking to, um, but you don't use it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my question is, why do you think we do that? That's a, that's a good question <laughs> because I think we're so conditioned to, I want to say like, we're so conditioned and obsessed with knowing what everyone else is doing. I think that's just like a natural human state. Like we're just always wanting to know kind of what other people are doing. And so I think there's that like addiction part of it with uh, Instagram for me, at least is, is like that fear of missing out. Right. So that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. And I think that's why, uh, especially with the pandemic and, and being so disconnected with people, I think there is that urge of wanting to know what other people are up to. Um, But at least for me, I'm starting to notice a bit of a change because I'm like barely consuming what other people are doing, but I, but I'm being more aware of when I'm doing it. And I know that I do it when I'm stressed out or if I'm procrastinating on doing something, I'll pick up my phone and just like randomly go through Instagram. And I'm like, this is such a waste of time right now, but I just, I can't help it. So this is where I think being intentional, I think like being gentle with ourselves is important, but then also being aware that we're doing it i think it takes away the power of us doing it so every time i pick up my phone i'm like oh i know i'm doing this because i'm procrastinating right now so i think it helps to be aware of it um but your question i think more so is around like why don't we use platforms that fill us and i don't think it's like we that i personally for me that i don't i've literally just discovered this like a week ago where i'm like oh my god there are so many amazing groups on social media um, on Facebook that are so like can and connecting and filling um and and so yeah it's it's insane like it's just it's it opened my eyes to like how there's actual communities that are supportive like you yeah. can find anything on there it just it takes us to to understand like what do we what are we interested in and then like seeking that out a bit more yeah, no, absolutely. I I very, very, very much appreciate your um, your constant use of the word intention in terms of just knowing why we do certain things and, and understanding when we do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that ties into why you chose to pursue your DJ career. I, From my understanding, you were previously in finance. Yes, I worked at uh, TD Bank for it was like almost 12 years. So I worked in yeah. um, various roles, but the, the bulk of it was in communications and public relations. That's so cool. I'm yeah. Obviously, I <laughs> am not saying that it's, it's cooler than being a DJ. I think being a DJ is way cooler, um, but also not demeaning. Oh my God, not diminishing being in TD. 
but 12 years is a really long time. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah. how hard was that to like, let go of? Well, okay. I'll tell you this. Like it was interesting because I have always known myself to be a creative person and um, working at the bank was actually something that was just always there for me. So I had started um, part-time as like a, like a teller, like a bank teller um, when I was in school. Okay. And so that was a good gig. And, but I just kind of continued with it. And then, um, so I was thinking I was going to go to law school. I think, I think we might've talked about this, but anyway, I was, I, I wanted my plan was to go to law school. I didn't get in. And so I had to kind of pivot, pivot and figure out, okay, what's next. And so I went to school for public relations and then I was still working at TD. And so I ended up being able to land a job in corporate at TD in, in, in that field in communications and PR. But throughout this whole time, I had been doing things on the side. Like I, I basically always had side hustles or, been volunteering or, or have dabbled into creative fields. So like I was working in fashion for over five years. Wow. Um, I was like volunteering. And then I, I actually like started to work in fashion, like part-time. So I was like literally going into the office and then I, I have to get dressed and I go to an event to work an event and like fashion or something. It was a very like interesting life. So I, I wasn't, I was not ever married to, my career. I always knew that this was not my life. Like this was not what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So I was just like, let me just continue to do this because it was, there was that stability. I came, I was raised in a very traditional, I I think I mentioned last time, like Italian household where I was very much like you work for your pension, you work for like, you, you want a stable job. You want that in your life. Okay, great. But I always knew that wasn't me. So but I just continued to do it. And so to let go of it was not difficult because I didn't, I didn't like it. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. And I knew in me that uh, I was meant for a career path that was more aligned to who I am. And like, for me, um, I'm very much about freedom and like, not not being micromanaged or not be I, I don't like to work under people per se right it's very and especially as like I identify as an empath so working in a corporate environment was extremely draining for me like it was soul crushing for me um yeah. so like when I left I was basically there were two things like I essentially uh, I my DJ work was was picking up quite a bit so that was great. But at the same time, I was like, and was starting to relapse into my um, debilitating anxiety. So I knew that was the time that it was, it was, it was time for me to, to leave. So it was a pretty easy decision at that, at that point. Wow. I, oh my God, I admire so much of how you knew and kept, or how much you knew and how much you honored that life goal for yourself and and the fact that like you said letting it go wasn't hard because you hated it um but for a lot of people stability trumps you know letting something go because you hate it it's it's because it's secure and and you know it's always going to be there Mm -hmm. um i'm so happy that you chose something that makes you happy as opposed to something that, you know, will keep you alive forever. Um, how hard was that decision though, knowing that being a DJ and other, in your other creative endeavors isn't as stable? Um, so for me, I didn't really, I guess, I didn't, <laughs> this sounds so like too airy, but anyway, I didn't like totally think it's through. I was just like, this feels right. I know this is the right next step. And I, I feel like I'm going to make it work. So I just basically took, I, I, so sounds so corny, but I took that leap of faith knowing that I would figure it out. Um, the thing is though, it's obviously a very 
different world right now. So it has, it's, it's, I, I, like I am going through several existential crises like a week basically because of, of, of just the changing nature of the world and of the events landscape. So, uh, so the stability, like, but the easy way to answer this is if you were to ask me, do you, re you regret your decision now leaving the bank and do you wish you had a stability? No, I don't. Like I'd rather be having these seven existential crises a week and, and, and where I'm at now because I am more, I'm finding myself, not finding myself, I'm returning to myself more than I ever have and I'm, I'm uncovering a lot more than I would have ever been able to do if I was kept in a stable job that I didn't like. Right. Is I'm hearing a lot of um, self-confidence in that because you, like you said, you kind of just took a leap of faith and that's risk for a lot of people. Um, but you also said that you will figure it out, that you'll know how to do it when you get there. And I'm also in that transition right now in my life where I know I don't want to be doing what I'm doing right now, but I, I, I want to take the leap of faith because I've always done that in my life. But for whatever reason right now, I feel like all the responsibilities I have in my life are keeping me from knowing when I get there, I'll know what to do. Um, how did you, like, did you always have that amount of self-confidence? Mm, I, so it's funny you say self-confidence. I think for me, it has always been more of a intuition, like, and believing in, and just following my, I don't say gut, but like just following my feeling, like following, following how I was feeling in that moment and in, in those various um, opportunities. So, and, and I don't want to say that I just like took to leave of faith, you know, willy dilly and just like, you know, quit my job. I was DJing for two years prior to quitting. And so that allowed me to save up money because right. I was working these two jobs. And so I had saved up money, um, which was like my rainy day fund essentially for, for like, you know, emergencies and stuff. So I did have that. And I did also, uh, I worked with a coach and I also had set up my business legally. I incorporated my business. So I, I had, I had built up all these things to feel okay when I made that transition. So it, it like, and, but then at the end of the day, like you do need to make that leap of faith to actually act on it and, and make that decision to quit. Yeah. Um, but I think I had just always been following that feeling and I never really saw it as self-confidence. It was more of like, I guess I want to say it was more of like an abundance mindset that I would, if I believed in myself enough, I would yeah. continue to foster that belief and continue to bring in that bring in that trust and bring in that, um, just that belief that I would be okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for, for, for correcting me because I very much appreciate what you said instead of my self-confidence. Um, I love that you mentioned the abundance mindset because it made me think of the law of attraction mm -hmm. and the book, The Secret, where she was, the author was, constantly saying, you know, it, when you think about it and you make it, make yourself aware and you make the universe aware that this is something that you want and this is something that you're going to do and get, the universe conspires with you. It's never against you when you know that it's going to be the right thing for you. Um, so I really appreciate that you phrased it that way. Um, I am oh curious God, though, yeah. why you chose DJing specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and also I just love what you said about the abundance mindset or like the manifesting thing. Like I do believe like if we put stuff out into the world that it will, it just, it finds itself um, to come to you. And I think not as an aside, but basically like with the whole, the TEDx youth experience that I just had, Mm -hmm. That was like literally the most pure and 
insane manifestation moment for me because I had written that down. I had been writing that down as like a goal of mine, but like more as like a five or 10 year goal. And then also I had like, I don't know, it was just like drawing. I, I, I drew a picture of me on a stage, like giving a TED talk. And I also, and then it was just like literally these, the organizers emailed me. Like it was just, it was a serendipitous moment. So I think like anytime you have something you really want to achieve, it's like, you need to speak it and like write it and like get it out of your body so mm -hmm. that the universe can conspire to like actually help you get that. But when it comes to DJing, your question was why, why DJing? Yeah. Yeah. So DJing was something, um, one of my friends, she, when we were working in, in, at TD and, and like in our jobs, our full-time jobs, she, she was like, Oh, let's make this like thing called a 30 before 30 list. And that's a list of 30 things you want to achieve before you turn 30, 30 years old. Okay. And so I was like, okay, cool. I, I always like, you know, challenging myself. And so we went away, we made these, these, these lists. And for some reason, the first item on my list was to DJ a party. And I think it was because I was just always fascinated by uh, DJs. I had always, like, I, I had known a couple of DJs in the university and I was like, oh my God, they're so cool. And the fact that they can like control the room is like so, and control like the vibe of the room and yeah. control just yeah. like the energy was so fascinating. And so that just was like the first thing on my list. And then anyway, um, long story short, she, when we shared our list, she's like, oh, why don't you DJ my party? That's an easy thing. You can just check it off. And so I learned how to DJ in these like three months and I DJed her party. Um, and I honestly felt so like there was something in me that was like, you need to continue to explore this feeling and this, like this craft, because I just, I had not felt that before with like the other creative pursuits or side hustles I'd had before. And so it was just almost, it was all again, like almost like intuitive or like instinctual where it was like, just, you need to continue to follow this. And so I, I just continued to do so. And I started to get opportunities. Like my DJ teacher was like, Oh, do you want to DJ this restaurant? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That led me to other opportunities. And it just kind of snowballed. Like I, the crazy thing was I never really, um, proactively pushed myself out there as a DJ. It just kind of like blossomed. It was very, it was very interesting. And I, I was open about it and I was open about it. That was the other big thing. It was like, I was working at TD in like corporate, this like very button up environment. Right. And, but I still told people like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like I have this new hobby. It's fun. Like, great. And then my name started to get around at TD and I, they were like, Oh, do you want to DJ our holiday party? And that, that moment, was where I realized, holy crap, like, I think I actually might be good at this because it was just like, people were, I don't know, it was just a weird moment because people were just so happy. And like, I guess the, the holiday party was amazing. Like I didn't get paid for it or anything. They're just like, do you want to DJ this for us? And anyway, it was just such a cool moment because it opened my eyes to like, oh my God, this is something I might actually be good at. And I actually love to do. So let's like explore this further. Yeah, I, I'm getting emotional because um, your journey is so inspirational and, and you unknowingly manifested wanting to do this career path just by putting it as the first thing on your list. Mm -hmm. that's, that's so cool. You, you had no idea and, and you were just like, oh, well, this would be cool. And then the more that you talked about it and the more that you put it out there, the more that you just kind of fell into um, opportunities and then you were like, this is what I want to do. And it, and it's such a nice thing to hear when you said that it's one of the most like best feelings you've ever felt doing DJing. And I think as a person, the short amount of time that I've, I've spoken to you, I think that you are the perfect person for DJing because you are very easy to talk to because you, you, can feel I, I feel that you can almost feel how I'm feeling when I'm talking to you totally. um, and you said that you know when you when you're a DJ you're right you do control the room you control the energy and the vibe and I think as a person you need to be able to do that 
outside of DJing. And I think you're really good at that. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And I think like the thing, my style as a DJ is like very much understated. I don't actually, cause I don't know how often you go out and stuff, but there are some DJs who are extremely, um, how do I put this? Like they use the mic a lot. They use the mic to hype up the crowd. They're yeah. very like over the top. Yeah. And for me, I, I think my strength in DJing is reading the crowd and also just knowing when to switch things up because I can yeah. feel the energy. And for me, my style is like, I like to let the music do the work. Like yeah. I, I like, like my, like my job is to know what to play to make people feel good. And I think I can do that really well, but I'm not good at like hyping people up. Like I literally am so awkward using a microphone. I'm like, I sound like a teacher at a party. Like it's so awkward. Um, so <laughs> that's why this whole like pandemic, like this whole, um, <laughs> this whole virtual DJing situation is not working in my favor though, because literally I feel like I sound like a school teacher when I'm like trying to interact with people, but in any case. No, I, I think it's, it, to be honest with you, um, DJs who hype the crowd up a lot annoy me a little bit just because I love music and I am the type of person to listen to the lyrics as opposed to hearing the, the beat or the tempo of the music. Mm -hmm. um, so I can get the energy off of the music that you play. Um, so I very much appreciate when like you as a DJ, when you pay attention to the crowd's energy and hype them up that way, as opposed to yelling, I just find that <laughs> you're as a DJ, you're constantly yelling at people to, you know, get excited. I don't want to get excited. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Oh my God. Um, it's, it's really cool that you mentioned. So, I know that you're on Twitch now and that's a new thing for you. Have, how has that been going? I don't like it. No? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I, and I know this is people, people, when people listen to this, they're like, Oh my God, like who is she? Anyway, but <laughs> like I, to be honest, I, and I don't know if it's just because I haven't given it enough breathing room. Okay. Um, but I've, I just, um, it's hard. It's hard because a, I don't, I, I, I like to see the energy of people to know what to play. Like, and as much as I love music, it's like, I need, I feed off of people's energy and it's really hard to do that when a, you don't have a crowd B like, it's not my natural state to be, um, talking on the mic and you need to be doing that a lot with with twitch right um you need to be engaging that way so so there's that like i don't love the love like like i don't like talking into the abyss kind of thing and like also playing music and at right. the same time it's like it just feels like such an a weird mix and it and i will be honest i just it doesn't feel natural to me okay um and so i I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I feel. So I've taken a break from playing on there for now. I, cause I, I just, I'm trying to figure out like what, what I want to do to continue to stay, you know, like stay current and like stay kind of with, cause I, I don't, I also don't want to be not flexible with the times and, and, and be like this, you know, like when you, you hear people talking about like older folks who are, um, so resistant to adapting to new technology and stuff. I don't want to be seen as that person. Right, right. Um, but it's just been a very interesting transition. And I'm not, I just, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan of it per se, but um, I don't know. I just, it's just, I don't, I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally, I uh, appreciate you being perfectly honest about it. I, I've always wondered how DJs, um, felt when they did online stuff because like during COVID I follow a DJ I forget his name now but he did a lot of live sessions mm -hmm. on Instagram and I always wondered what it would feel like to do like almost like a a solo party by yourself but have other people watch and not have you know the reaction of people cheering and, and yelling and stuff but you being like this is so dope like I'm having so much fun 
playing all of these songs by myself. Exactly. So it's like it's it takes a lot of self self hyping up, I guess.、Um, okay. But the other thing I'll say is that there are some DJs who are killing it right now that I know of. Like there's.、Um, I don't know if you know JM Cam Josephine Cruz. She's a、oh, DJ.、Okay. She's from Toronto, and she is like literally killing it on Twitch. And she's so good at it. Like she just, she. So the thing is with with with、um, Josephine, she has a background in radio, so she's been able to leverage her skills and strengths as like because in radio you need to obviously be talking a lot more, and like there's that interaction between the music and the. Um, and the audience, and you don't have that like live audience in front of you at times. So she's really like the way she she kind of、um, works her Twitch sets are just so beautiful and like natural.、Um, but yeah, some DJs just have that natural knack to to be kind of like、uh, I guess to adapt in that sense, and they're just really good at it. Yeah, I mean, I I I can. Understand that it takes a lot of practice because it really is awkward. It's like doing a podcast when you know. Sometimes I do episodes where it's just me and I'm literally talking to myself, but I have to understand that I'm also talking to myself to talk to other people, and I have to gauge almost how the way that I talk as if I was talking to somebody else.、Um, so I understand that it takes a lot of practice, but I appreciate that you put yourself out there. It, you know. It, It's funny that you said、um, you don't want to be like those elderly people who don't or are so resistant to changing to the times.、Um, but it's not easy either. Like I understand that you're you're trying to put yourself out there, but at the same time, you know, honoring how you just don't enjoy it. Totally. I was just gonna use that word. I was like, I, I like I, one part of me is like, okay, sh- I should be. I sh- like I like I'm losing my my fingers as quotations. Like I should be, you know, doing more of like that. But first of all, I think the word should should be banned from like the human existence because it's such a toxic word. Yeah. Because it just like it's just it. Anyway, that's a, the whole other conversation. But and like what I'm trying to say is that、um, I'm trying to honor the fact that. It doesn't make me feel good, and right now I'm focused on what actually makes me feel good right now, or what makes me feel okay, and what makes, you know, what fills my cup. And if if and it's okay if like if I try something and it doesn't fill me up and it makes me feel you know not great, it's okay to just kind of like step away from that for for a minute and and see why maybe that's not feeling good and like taking that time again to be like intentional about why like and just. Bringing your awareness to why this might not be feeling good, so I'm trying to do that a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely,、um, and I think a lot of people should follow suit because, and and I understand. Again, I'm I'm very aware of how difficult it is to do these things, and it's easy for me to say, "Well, you should do that." And again, with the should,、um, and I also very much agree with the fact that people should not. How do you take that word away from our vocabulary? It's it's it is a very toxic word,、um, and I don't appreciate when I do it. So I would appreciate it if we just stop using it because it it puts so much pressure on the idea that we're obligated to do something as opposed to wanting to do something for ourselves. It's exactly so. Yeah, like the the whole thing is like should is is kind of like. What we're conditioned by, and like、yes. what other people think is right, and、yes. it's not necessarily what we want. It's what society deems what what needs to be. Like I'm trying to use, I'm trying not to use, use <laughs>、yeah. the word should, right? Yeah. But what I what I I read once was that if can we instead use could, and I think could is a better word because could is um is a word that enables possibility. Yes. And it, it it gives a bit more space and freedom to explore versus should is like, is is very like I think it's it's kind of like patriarchal in a sense and like it's just it doesn't it doesn't feel good. It's like it, it again is like what society is like telling us to do, versus could is like exploring a possibility a bit more. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's also the idea that. We don't understand how much of an influence society has on us, and we almost blindly do things when someone says, "Well, you should do this," 
or you should look into it or whatever else should is uh, given to us because we have stopped questioning why we should do certain things. Totally. That's, that's, I love, I love, I love your episodes so far. I listened to (laughs) your last one and I remember telling a lot of um, my friends that you were hard to like get into the questions that I actually wanted to ask you about because everything that you were saying was just something that I wish a lot of people uh, know um, or sorry, knew, I guess, and, and understood and, and having it come from someone else and something that I felt, but I couldn't properly articulate was probably one of the most rewarding episodes I've, I've had so far because I have a lot of inspirational people in my life and and they motivate me to do the best that I can. But a lot of the time I compare myself to, to the people in my life and having you confirm and almost reassure me that, you know, whatever it is that you're doing right now is probably what you should be doing anyways, and that I should be more gentle on myself. That episode was so nice to to re-listen to. That's amazing. I, I listened to it yesterday. I was like, oh, this is, it, it was such a nice conversation. I liked it. Yeah. Um, because of uh, just the way that you are as a person, and then, you know, going into your own journey as a DJ and, and all of the amount of self-growth that you've been going through right now, do you have any inspirations? Um, so I, I feel like inspiration is such a strong word, but there are definitely people who I look up to in um, their character and uh I guess so. So okay, let's let's answer this question. <laughs> um, so I would say one of them. When I worked in fashion, I worked at a company called Greta Constantine and their Canadian fashion label. And one of the one of the founders, one of the designers, his name is Kirk Pickersgill, and I look up to him because he I, because of his character. So obviously, he's an, an insanely creative. Um, like genius his his work is just like they make um, women's wear so beautiful gowns and they're just um, they've always been very intentional about kind of not um, you know only catering to one type of woman Um, their dresses are just beautiful and can make any woman feel feel amazing despite their size or um, anything like they're so they're extremely um, like when you think of diversity and inclusion like they are just an incredible brand because they've always pushed the the limits when it comes to the fashion industry so I, I love them for that um, but he's inspired me in the sense of his character so he's extremely talented but he's extremely subtle about how he conveys himself and he almost has this like quiet confidence about himself. Okay. Um, and people know kind of who he is, but he doesn't need to be loud about it. And I've always admired that about him because he's, he kind of just owns his, owns his talent, owns his, owns himself in such a beautiful way. And I've always looked up to that. Um, I've just, I've, I've been drawn to that type of personality because it's like, you want to be around someone who, can like make you feel good and who knows themselves, but also um, doesn't need to be like in your face kind of thing. So he's definitely been one of my inspirations. Um, And in terms of, uh, so like, it's funny because like, I swear the the two other inspirations I have, they're, they're both men and this does not lend well to my whole like narrative of like empowering women. So, um, I'm trying to think of, but anyway, I'll I'll tell you the other two that who have inspired me in a sense. So one is DJ, his, his DJ name is Mick. It's just Mick. Um, He's been a DJ for a long time, but he's rebranded himself in a way that is a bit more out of the box. So he really inspired me in the sense when I was starting out as a DJ, I'd always known in my heart that I never wanted to be boxed in as a DJ. And I've always had an issue of when, when I'm, you know, like when I was going to family 
events or networking, I hated always feeling boxed into one particular title because it right. just doesn't feel like me. And so um, Mick, he's a DJ, but the way he positions himself, he positions himself as an entrepreneur and uh, he also so he's a DJ, I think more first, first and foremost, but he's also a speaker. He's an angel investor. He, he does like all these creative things. And I like that he's so, um, that he's kind of broadened it and he's made it almost more approachable because I think a lot of creatives can get stuck in like knowing how to kind of, I guess, pitch themselves or um, and I think creatives also feel like they don't want to be boxed into one kind of title. So I yeah. liked how he's like, how he has essentially positioned himself. And it's, it I almost, it gave me that confidence to branch out and, and not say like, oh yeah, I'm just a DJ. Like, no, like I, I call myself a creative entrepreneur because that is literally what I do. Like I don't, DJing is one of my passions, but it's not my only passion. And I think it, um, knowing that other people own this identity is not just being like, um, like, like they own this identity being more multifaceted is extremely, has been extremely um, inspiring for me. And then I would say the other, um, so, so there's two more quick ones and we're talking for a long time now. Um, so, so Alan Watts is a philosopher who, inspires me he's he's passed on now but he is a brilliant philosopher that i uh, i've only come to know this year his work it's a lot um, based in the in eastern traditions but he explores religion a lot and he also explores just life in general in a, such a laid-back way and it has helped me kind of find a bit more playfulness and letting go of the rigidity of life and the controlling aspect of I think that we're so used to to having so I love him and then finally I would say like thinking back to actual like DJ stuff I would say like going back to um, JM Cam uh, the Toronto-based DJ Josephine she has inspired me in many ways too because she has actually the way she, like so when I talked about Mick being um, multifaceted she's very much multifaceted too in, in the way she brands herself and the way that she's a DJ, but she also, she like has her own radio show. She also does a bunch of like brand partnerships and she writes and like, I love, I, I love seeing that also in, in like a fellow peer. So, so yeah, I would say those are some of my inspirations. That's so cool. I love, I also love how cognizant you are of the words that you use just because um, this is a side note completely because I, I'm noticing that you're um, very aware of what words I use and, and which ones you would like to change. And um, I really like that. I, I'm a person of words as well. So when someone can tell me that, you know, inspiration is a very strong word and instead it's, you know, using it as someone you look up to, it's almost nicer to hear that it's someone you look up to as opposed to that they just inspire you. So I just want yeah. to thank that. you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. There's like just certain words that like kind of, I don't say they trigger me, but they are just so like, um, yeah, like I think it's because there's so many times we're asked like, well, who's your biggest inspiration in life? And it's like, it's so hard to name one. It's like, right. because in this journey of life, like there's so many people that we come across who have like I'm again using air quotes like have inspired us in a way but it's it's like it's I, I just I and I, I don't know I guess maybe I'm just like a little bit averse to using like absolutes but anyway I, I, I appreciate your comments about the like the wording and stuff I yeah I mean you're right though like I I would rather um I would rather get into the habit of not using absolutes because it like we mentioned in the last episode we resonate with certain things in different phases of our life and that applies to people that motivate us and, and we look up to because in that moment that person is someone that you know helped us move forward and later on in life that might not be the case someone else might be the person that's helped us move forward so the biggest inspiration is never really constant totally totally um 
So I will not try to take up more of your time. I have one more question. Cool. Um, do you have any advice for those looking into uh, like a similar path as you? Yes. Okay. So I would say, I would say get out of your head and into something that you're interested in. So I think a lot of times we can feel stuck because we don't know how to uh, seek something out that we like or how to get started. And I think we can sometimes be our own worst um, critic or our own worst like barrier when it comes to, to trying things that we want to do. So I think what I would say is don't be afraid to test out things that you're interested or curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are so many ways to do that now because of, of, of our, of the time we live in. We live in an information-based society, so you can, so say if you literally wanted to, to, if you wanted to, you know, your goal is to like start a knitting company, like you can literally like search up how people have done it. And I think um, the main thing though is finding a way to tangibly try what you want to do. Because I think a lot of times we have this idea in our head that, Mm -hmm. oh, this is exactly what we want to do. But then when we actually try it, we're like, ew, like this is, this doesn't actually feel good. So I would encourage people to find a way to actually get themselves into an environment that they want to potentially work in or do, or even if someone like has always dreamed to be a writer, like find a way to do it, like find a way to like set aside an hour a day to write to see if this is actually something that fills you, if it's actually something that makes you feel good. So yeah, I would say my advice is, is to try things. Don't be afraid to try them. And, and I know like um, access to things can sometimes be a challenge, but um, there are so many ways that we can, that, that we can do things now. Like I, I know we're a bit limited with due to COVID, but there are always kind of like free events and workshops that, that are happening in the city. And there's always like groups that are kind of trying to encourage a bit more of like artistic forms and um, like whether it's like DJing or whatever it is, like there's always groups out there. And I think it's just like, don't be afraid to connect with other people who might be doing something you're interested in. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's great advice. I, I love how you started it with um, get out of your own head. I think that's definitely what a lot of people do. It's just, you know, before I move on, I need to do this. And then it's just this mm-hmm. entire cycle inside of your head the entire time. Yeah. It's like, do one thing. It's like, just try one thing that moves you a little bit closer to what you want to do more yeah. so. So, yeah. Yeah. No, and I very much appreciate um, another piece of your advice was to try it because you're right. I, I've had many endeavors inside my head where I have an idea and it's the most idealistic <laughs> idea I've ever had. And when I try it, I'm like, wow, this really sucked. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. I think so many of us have that, right? Like even like just quickly when I was working in fashion, I had dreamed of like, oh yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this person traveling to you know, work in fashion. But then when I actually did it for long enough, I'm like, I don't actually see myself doing this long term. So mm-hmm. it's so important for people to try things to see if it is in alignment with them. And honestly, like we changed so much that yeah. I think we need to also just recognize and honor the fact that we might change and 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 that's okay yeah absolutely absolutely change sucks um because it's hard in the moment Mm -hmm. but change is so good for just your health and and for your life overall It, it, it happens so often and all the time so i think embracing it and or at least learning how to embrace it is uh the best thing that anyone can do totally totally um so i i again thank you thank you thank you so much for being on the pod again and answering all these questions and all of the tangents that we went on it's another episode that i'm going to listen to and probably feel just as emotional as i am right now um it where can people find you 
Uh, so first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me. Like this was amazing, and I love chatting with you. You're so engaged, and you just asked such like profound questions. Like they 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 can be simple at times, but they're also so profound. Like I love it, and you listen so well. So you're this has been like such a pleasure to to chat with you. Um, but people can find me at DJ Bianca Lee on Instagram and. Um, you can also follow at Sunday Soul Service if you'd like to check that out. We're on a bit of a break right now with COVID, but um, yeah, that's where people can find me. Or you can you can connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. At, at, <laughs> like um, I know after we talked about that whole like LinkedIn thing, don't send me any spam, please. I'm not yeah. joining your MLM course or whatever your MLM schemes like. Yeah. Or any of the um, pyramid stuff. No yeah. pyramids, no pyramids, no Arbonne. I'm telling you right now, I don't care. Arbonne, you come to me with a sponsorship, I'm not doing it. Um, so it's Bianca Lee Mondino for LinkedIn. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, so I'll end it here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you when I see you. Have a happy holidays if I don't get to talk to you before then. Thank you. You too, Belle. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Bye. Okay, bye, bye, bye.